Nine minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's uh, our wrap of the top business stories. And uh, one of those big stories certainly came from the remarks that uh, the uh, Commissioner at the Receiver of Revenue, Edward Kiswata, made over the last uh, few days or so. And uh, suggesting, Snesipo, here that uh, many of the PPE suppliers who got contracts uh, during the lockdown were not, I guess, up to date or even compliant when it came to the tax affairs. Well, of, co- of course, remember, the whole PPE procurement is been tainted by corruption. So for you to successfully execute it, you have to be an existing supplier and therefore tax compliance might not have been, which is a standard requirement for all government contracts. Yes, yes, yes. By PFMA, as a former government employee, in terms of PFMA, the government cannot award you any business or do business with you unless you're compliant with your tax returns and you comply with the regulation. The fact that this was not Contracts were approved uh, regardless of that talk to, um, I think, I'm not even sure if they're valid because PFMA trumps what anyone signs in mm. uh, the municipality. That is from my understanding. I stand under correction, but it just shows that the level of corruption and collusion that was taking part in these PPE tenders and was and is because we're still in a pandemic. So, um, and the thing is that you think with all this procurement that the taxpayer will get something back in form of taxes, but unfortunately, the guys are not even paying tax. But again, there's no honor amongst these. So, yeah. So, so, when you say that, uh, you know, some of these contracts could be seen as invalid, uh, I mean, I guess that raises the, the prospect that some of the money could be recovered, and maybe I'm a, being a bit naive here. No, it can't be. It just requires vote. Do they want to recover? This is not a very difficult thing to do. Um, government has recovered, as you can, as you've seen how ESCOM has made Deloitte, the likes of Deloitte, that pay uh, with the legal orders. Our laws are written, this is thing out with our laws when it comes to corruption. They just require application. They don't require anything else but application. Mm. So you can recover. This is not, it's not difficult. The question is, do they want to recover? You even saw with our former sportspersons, Happy, Happy, they were trying to recover, even trying to add in some IDC. You can. The question is, do they want to? The problem with these, um, these issues, and it's not just public sector, it's private sector as well. I always make the example of Steinhoff, your likes of Tongard, um, your, li- your likes of any other corporate that's been scandal, your ability to recover is the right to recover is written in black and white in the law and is available to you mm. as an option or remedy. The question is, do you want to? And sure. as long as there's no will or, or want, it, I, I don't see these things being recovered. I think there's going to be in the PPE to calm some of the anger. There's going to be some sacrificial lambs, unfortunately. So they're unfortunately them they're going to get uh, recovery from, but not absolutely everyone. Like I said, sacrificial lambs to calm the people in SA. Yeah, Stop yeah. them wanting to burn the bridge. That's always the case. Always the case. Always the case. Always the case. They'll always look for somebody who can easily be scapegoatable, if indeed a word such as that exists. Mm-hmm. But let's shift to the, to the banking sector. I mean, I'm quite interested in what's happening here at uh, African Bank. When they say they want to enter the wholesale funding market, to some of us who are not trained in, I guess, you know, uh, 
fractional banking or whatever uh, behind the scenes happens there. Well, what does that mean? And I guess uh, we also have, see, have seen a number of 8 billion rand being thrown around here. Okay, so let me just, let's go take it back to basics. So African Bank, uh, you know, when they collapsed, they got saved by the Reserve Bank and a consortium into a consortium of the four major retail banks. Now, yes, yes. up until now, African Bank has been primarily been getting um, their funding because remember, a, a bank works on you give money to save and it gives money to borrow, savings, borrowing, savings, borrowing. So there's a sort of mm-hmm. a matching funding. Now, because of the slowdown in the economy, as also the two things back the slowdown in the economy and also the limitation of depositors as a funding source. You sort of have to look at other at other forms of funding. Sure, sure. So when sure. we talk about the funding market, so for for funding market, is they're looking for facilities up to up to eight billion period, eight billion rand from from um, first December twenty twenty to thirty first uh, March twenty twenty four. So um, what this means that. Uh, they will be the shareholders, which I told you, which is a consortium of the banks, the Reserve Bank, uh, the Pension Fund, uh, uh, the I mean the PIC through Government Pension Fund. Um, they are going to be supporting at, um, at the, the company through uh, fundraising effort in order to increase the liquidity in the bank so they're able to borrow more. So remember, mm. you've also got Basel requirements, which states about your liquidity. So you've got to, how banks work is that they've got to get different sources of funding. So usually depositors are the cheapest form of funding for a bank to get to sure. loan sure. out. Unfortunately, the depositors are not consistent. And if you're not, if you're looking at a bank like African Bank, depositors don't sit naturally with high um, account balances. So they're not a very... They, they get to, you, get, you get quite a bit of peaks and troughs. So that's why they introduced all these um, incentives, like if you keep the money for five years, that was to try to get the deposit base yes, yes. to actually um, flatten out line. Okay. So you then get different forms of funding you, that includes accessing your debt capital markets, um, you equity raises, interbank fundings, and other, um. other forms of capital market systems which allow the bank to from a risk adjusted basis to then loan out the money and then they make the profit margin. Sure, so, sure. so in a way, I mean, wait, Nesipo, let me just to say that I'm following you, Gatley. What you're suggesting is that uh, this is to influence the kind of sources of funding and the terms on which they're able to borrow, which I guess they unlend. And this might, uh, um, one would assume, lead to some improvement in the margins they're able to lend uh, at on, I guess, every single transaction that they have. Yes, yeah, so this more this is more. It's, it's not really for the consumer. It's more for them purposes and to, mm. um, to, to from a treasury perspective, manage their cost of funding as well as sure. the profit that they uh, rent uh, they on lend on. Because as you know, African bank um, tends to lend on lend at very 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 high rates um, due to the nature of the customer that they are servicing. Mm. Okay. I see a every day here on the Metro FM talk. And uh, uh, before I let you go, we, we stay in the banking sector. Capitec putting out a trading update and uh, delivering some bad news. 
by way of uh, suggesting that uh, their profits are going to take a, a very, very significant knock here. Yes, um, capital tickets, who their clients are. So you had Standard Bank say 40 and all the others, but capital said 80. Now, mm. I don't want to be controversial here. Do you remember the Viceroy report written on Capitec and their load book? Hmm. You know what I mean? The quality of credit, this has always been my argument with Capitec. You are lending to the most vulnerable consumer group. And your bad debt numbers always, for me, always looked ridiculously generous. It looked ridiculously generous just because just common sense that common sense sells that that segment of the market will always be um, quite relatively high. They have tried to diversify, but like African Bank, the deposits, the deposits, the fact that a lot of, again, who your client base is, you've got an increase in payments, you've got increased price down. So they accept 78%. So I'm just curious to find out to what extent. And that's also the thing with Capitec. Again, because they do not, they're not primarily, um, um, they're not primarily uh, a, a, a full service bank. They've got, um, they, they specifically focus on a specific type of market. Although mm. they conclude the, the acquisition with Mercantile, that still is not, um, that still is relatively small. Yeah, and they don't that's have a strong it. enough like retail base, McIntyre. They really to, don't. They really, yeah. really, really don't. So again, like I said, like I said, um, I'm curious to see it as well because for me, that number needs to your address. Your uh, the economics just point to risk, 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 and it's unfortunate that the share price doesn't reflect that. But then again, but the yeah, they, these guys are darling. They always seen as a darling. I mean. Even if the operation. No, that's the thing. That's, yeah. I've always, I, honestly, and, I, and I've never heard it. I've never even heard it. So I've always said, I've always believed Capitec is fundamentally overvalued because the fundamentals just don't make sense. Mm. I to me, personally. One to day they must explain it to us one of these days. So that's no, we'll have that's, to leave it there. Yeah. We'll have to leave it there. And uh, I think... Uh, one of these days, we have to maybe unpack uh, some of what is happening there uh, in that particular segment of the market and uh, some of the contests that are underway there. But Snesipo, always a pleasure catching up with you, and we'll have to leave it here. All right.